The US Report with Harley Carnes. Take your calls, your SMSs, and anything you want to talk about regarding matric results this morning. Eyewitness News in just a moment. But Harley Khan's first on the line to us from the United States. A big train derailment in New York City. These things are happening quite often, Harley. Well, more often than we'd like to see. This one was a Long Island Railroad train, a commuter train uh, that um, had originated out on, on the island and was on its way in and uh, to the Atlantic Terminal in Brooklyn, right in the middle of the morning rush hour. It was doing about 15 miles an hour, they think, um, when it uh, didn't stop on the bumping block. And um, once again, the train, with so much inertia, was able to, to smash into the, into the, into the, uh, the terminal just a little bit. More than 100 people were hurt. Fortunately, no one was killed. Um, we don't know exactly why it happened yet. Uh, but also a lot of people fell down, of course, and that's what most of it was, bumps and bruises. Maybe one person broke a leg. Nonetheless, you make a good point. The question is, why is it happening this often? Is it infrastructure? Do we have weaknesses here and there? Uh, the NTSB is on the case to investigate. Is there a single company that runs the New York railway system, or are there multiple private companies that do it? Is it a public system? What is it? There are multiple uh, semi-public companies. Uh, the Long Island Railroad, Metro North, for example, are both a couple of the, of the big commuter lines. Of course, the New York City uh, subway system uh, runs, the, the city runs it. Um, uh, you know, when you talk about going into New Jersey, then you've got the PATH train. Um, you know, the, you've got a lot of things that are all government controlled or government uh, supported. Um, if you're going between New York and New Jersey, then you've got uh, the Port Authority. And that's the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. So you've got uh, both states helping to run that. If you're talking about New York City and uh, and its and its suburbs, and the commuting railroads that get uh, in and out of the city from Connecticut, from New Jersey, from Long Island, then these are other companies. But they all work together, and usually it works pretty well since they move millions of people every day. What drives gun sales in the United States, Harley? We see these these terrible incidents in the U.S. with school shootings and church shootings and um, multiple incidents every single year. And you would think that would lead to people thinking about guns differently. And maybe they do because you had record gun sales in the United States last year. Yeah, people buy guns in order to be safer. Um, and, uh, and by and large, what people don't realize is despite... If, if you believe that the guns were the big cause of the crime, then if we have added 27 million more guns in the last year, we would certainly have increased gun violence in this country, and it's not been the case. Except in Chicago. Chicago's gone crazy. And it has some of the tightest gun laws in the country. Nonetheless, what drives it? Terror threats, the big one. This past year, it was the threat or the worry that Hillary Clinton might become president. Uh, she had uh, vowed that she would crack down on guns in a, in, in a much more substantial way than even President Obama has. And the president is, has tried time and again to uh, you know, get more gun laws on the books. We have dozens and dozens of them um, that uh, regulate gun sales. And um, you know, the president has been called over the last number of years the salesman-in-chief for the gun industry. Because as soon as he gets out and talks about how, how we need to crack down on guns or outlaw this gun or that, Gun sales go right through the roof. There's an old saying, you know, for gun owners, and it says when seconds count, the police are only minutes away.
<laughs> so, yeah, it's a lack of faith in the system, I guess. And, yeah, fascinating how uh, the public in the United States has responded. Um, Faraday. Now, Faraday, of course, uh, most famous for the Faraday cage. Uh, he is the inventor. He, he was an electronic engineer in his day. But Faraday nowadays is an electronic company. And they are unveiling at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas their electric car. Is it... Sparky, is it fantastic? Is it the best thing you've ever seen <laughs> since the internal combustion engine? Yeah, it is pretty special. I mean, it's called the FF91. It uh, rated at about 1,050 horsepower. Uh, it can travel in excess of 378 miles. That's adjusted to EPA rain. But that's better than, uh, than what Tesla does. You go back to Faraday, you think Tesla at the same time. Yeah. Tesla is the big, uh, the big cheese when it comes to electric cars. Um, Faraday wants to compete. It's supported by a Chinese billionaire who's got about 300 million of his own dollars in it. Uh, but nonetheless, he was, uh, the reason they were unveiling it, uh, in the, um, you know, the consumer electronics show is to try to generate some more investors. I'll bet they have a lot of success doing it because it's a good looking automobile, no doubt about it. They say it's zero to 60 in 2.39 seconds. And silently. Yeah, well, I don't know how silent that I mean, an electric motor that goes that fast is going to make a humming noise. Yeah. Uh, and probably pretty good noise because the tires are going to make noise. But, yeah, it's no big V8, that's for sure. <laughs> Holly Khan's on the line to us in the United States. Electric cars going in excess of 500 kilometers. They're beginning to be big competitors to the internal combustion engine. Holly Khan's on the line to us from the United States.